welcome back to the Loud Thumbs Podcast. Uh, this is a brouhaha edition, Starfield talk today. I am one of your loudmouths. We're going to talk about loudmouth a little bit today, too. I'm one of your loudmouths, Nick. And I am your other loudmouth, Josh. Yes, yes, sir. Sometimes not loud enough, but... Sometimes. <laughs> we're we're going to get louder, I think, eventually. I mean, we might get a little loud today on today's episode as well. Um... We're going to talk about some Starfield and Crack a Brew, uh, not necessarily in that order, but we're going to get we're going to get into the nitty gritty. Um, we've had some more time. We, we brought you guys our impressions. I think it's time. Let's uh, let's talk before we get into the mess of games coming out in October. We're not going to have any time to talk about Starfield in October. <laughs> uh, not quite. I think that might be Spidey month. We'll find out. It's, it's definitely Mario and Spidey for me. Oh, Likely. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. I am 100 percent pumped for Spider-Man. Absolutely. It's going to be a great brouhaha because that is the week after our brouhaha. I can't wait. Uh, speaking of everybody, if you're new to the show or old, I'm going to give you a little wrap up of what we do each week here on the show. Uh, we always start off every month with a news wrap up of the month previous. So we'll bring you some of our hot news topics that we want to talk about for the month before. Our second week of the month, we do our loud and clear reviews. Uh, that's either going to be impressions or a full-on review, depending on how much we got under our belt. But we're going to be talking games on that one. And then our third week of the month, we like to come back and just play video games. So we're going to be streaming. That is our loud stream that we bring every third week of the month. Uh, a lot of fun there. Did some Mario Kart last week. We always like to jump in and do some Ghostbusters. Uh, we might even try and do some Titanfall this time. Josh has started playing some Titanfall with us. A lot of yeah. fun there, man. That's a good game. It's uh, it's getting some more love again, finally. And uh, yeah. our last week of the month, you're watching right now. That is our brouhaha. We like to crack brews. We like to review those brews that we've drank every episode of the month. We kind of put them in order. And then we talk video games and kind of what's been going on in life for the month and everything. It's just a nice, chill episode of brews and games, again, from us. You know, that's just what we like to do around here. So... Uh, yeah. Before we get started, we always crack a brew. And Josh, do the honors, man. Let's get this sto- get the show started here. So, uh, Rheingeist is not a new addition to the oh, podcast, but it's a this delicious is a newer addition. one that I've seen. They've, yeah, oh. Rheingeist makes some awesome stuff. They really do. This is Berry Punch. Okay, that looks like a blueberry uh, can to me. It is a fruited hard beverage. Well, I guess not a beer, but <laughs> uh, with raspberry, blackberry, and natural flavors. Raspberry and blackberry, so. but it's like a purplish blue can. Is it, it looks purple on camera? Is it is it purple in real yeah, life? Yeah, it's it's like a dark lavender. Okay, See, it's right. very purple. Good deal, good deal. It's a loud thumbs color. So it's got to be pretty good. Let's hope so. It is uh, very sweet and tart. Uh, I think I get way more blackberry than I do raspberry. Okay, which isn't well, necessarily a bad thing. I like blackberry quite a bit, but same. Blackberry is a little bit more heavy flavor too. Yeah, yeah, it, it's a, it's a little deeper, a little richer. Well, blackberry first, you say, yeah. Yeah, or raspberry first, and then blackberry. Blackberry they, takes over. They they list raspberry. I'm not uh, getting a ton of la- raspberry. I'm getting like out of I would say ninety percent blackberry. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's mixing in there somewhere to give an overall like just like, you know, berry flavor. There you uh, go. Yeah. First and foremost, I get those blackberries on there. Right on. It's not too bad. It's kind of all right. That come in a six pack or is that like a single you just picked up for a pick six or something? No, it, it's a six pack. Nice. Because uh, my wife really likes the Ryan guys bubbles. They're, they're like, yes, ale. same as my wife. Yep. And so um, I thought I'd pick up a six pack. 
because uh, it's one I wanted to bring here, and I knew she would like them as well, so I knew we'd both be drinking them. So, For real, you know, yeah. it wasn't beholden. I know these ale, these fruited uh, hard ales, um, they're, they're a little sweeter on the yeah. sweeter side for Ryan Geist. Uh, so I knew I wasn't going to want to drink all of them, so I knew oh, there to have you a go. partner of crime on this one. Perfect, yeah, that's a good deal, good deal. How much does six-pack run on one of those guys? Are you looking about $15 six-pack? No, it was like... 11 12 bucks dang that's well worth it man yeah ryan guys is reasonable yeah ryan that's like two really bucks a reasonable. can think, that's real good yeah i think their truth their ipa runs about 10 10 11 dollars yeah, yeah. i usually pick them up in a pick six so i don't usually see what they cost uh, as a pack i always get the you know i'm the one yeah. that gets suckered in because uh, i pay the higher price for those single cans <laughs> so i'm keeping <laughs> them in business <laughs> That's true, but you don't have to choke down a six pack if you don't like it. So that, that that's, is the advantage. That's why I like a, a pick six. They're real good. If you got a, if you got them in your area, go check them out. Pick sixes are great. And our, ours, in our area, when you do a pick six, they give you a 15% discount, which is pretty nice. Yeah. All right, man. Well, I'm going to go uh, with a peach sherbet. This is a Dewclaw. We, I've talked about Dewclaw plenty of times. That's a sour oh, me. Yeah. I like the sour me's, but we got a peach mm, sherbet this time. This is a sour ale. This is a this is a tall boy. That Six, sounds awesome. Sixteen ouncer. Yes, it does. Um, so hoping this is good after my crap day. This is great. Let's find out. Okay, it's definitely peach. I'm getting like a tangerine flavor in there too, actually. Hmm. That's interesting. Pleasant. It's actually good. Has lactose in it as well. Oh, I see it now. Apricot. That's that's the sort of tangerine oh, flavor I was that's thinking. The other, that's yeah, the other one. Yeah, the tartness we're getting. I see yeah. it. I see it. I can taste it now. Uh, also very very fruity, um, but has that like touch of dry to it again, like a dry wine would have. So nice, but very good. Um, not gonna complain drinking on this one for sure. Um, very good. Yeah, it's got a nice uh, aftertaste as well. It's just real mellow, real real smooth mellow aftertaste. Nice. And the, yeah, um, always, uh, I was just going to say the lactose is not anywhere prevalent. Like it's just in there somewhere, but not like you're getting hit yeah. with it. I always notice that as like a textural thing, like things with beers with like lactose in it, just they, it brings like a heavier body, like texture to it. True. I don't think this one does. Honestly, I think, I don't think it's on the light slide. I think it's on the light side of the lactose. So, oh, okay. They might be pretty light on it then. Yeah. Yeah. This definitely is a, is a really good sour. Um, if you like peach, man, it's definitely peach. You get peach all the way around. The apricot kind of comes into the center and then just disappears, uh, which kind of oh, yeah, nice, nice awesome. little change. Keeps you, keeps you on your toes. Keeps the taste buds on the toes anyway. All right. Well, before we get into me chatting about my crappy day with everybody on the show, we always like to <laughs> raise a glass and cheers to our Patreon producers. That is Caleb Lynch, Brian Coger, and Zach Mezra. Appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome. All right. And if y'all would like to be a Patreon producer or help us grow the show, just head over to patreon.com slash loud thumbs. Uh, we got several different tiers over there. You can toss a buck our way and just help us keep the lights on. It's a good time. Yeah. All right. So uh, first thing I got to talk about, I just got to get something off my chest before I get Starfield <laughs> off my chest. Right, man. <laughs> did I have a shitty day today? Uh, got up, went to work, uh, get a phone call from my wife about like, I don't know, 10 minutes in, which is never good, right? Like if you're a guy, you go to work, you got a normal routine and your wife calls you, you probably know you got some problems mm. you're going to about to handle, you know you right? You got to step away. 
Yeah. 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 So answer the call and find out that she was getting ready to leave to work. And she turned around, looked up at our ceiling in our living room, and there's just massive water stains all over our ceiling. Oh. And oh, no. we we have no roof leak problems in that part of the house is a it's done done. But what we do have in that part of the house is we have an attic that has our furnace in it. Our HVAC system is up there and it was leaking the condensation from the drain in our attic and proceeded to soil all of our insulation and our ceiling and oh, not a good man. morning. So contacted a guy. Um, this is, by the way, this is a new HVAC system. It hasn't even been in here three years. We, we just paid big money for this thing to be installed about three years ago. So I'm not happy at all uh, about that. No, that's ridiculous. Absolutely uncalled for. So I waited an hour or so. She called me back. Somebody had showed up, tells her we thought it was just a clogged drain. We thought the drain had backed up, you know, something got in it or whatever, right? It happens. Uh, so simple fix. We was hoping. Nope, not a simple fix. When they installed the HVAC up there, the new furnace system, they didn't install it level. So all of the water that should have been draining to the drain was actually draining to the back corner and just coming out the back corner of the furnace of the condom, uh, basically of the, the coils, uh, that create, you know, the cold when they condensate, uh -huh. they got to go somewhere. So over three years worth of time that the it's hard to explain, so I won't go into details, but a section of the furnace was wrapped in insulation and that was essentially holding all this water for so long until it couldn't hold it anymore and it just had to go somewhere. Um, I drained out probably 40 ounces of water of just holding water up there and spent I left work around 10 o'clock and I proceeded to spend the next seven hours of my day oh, with my wife releveling the thing up there because this guy shows up and is supposed to like you know try and tell us something and his his answer to this was oh it needs to be completely reinstalled and I'm like I'm on the phone and I'm so mad I'm like there's no way that's the answer there is no way if it's unlevel that is not the answer it's make it level like fix the level issue right like what the hell that's <laughs> yeah. like saying my roof's crooked well we need to rebuild the whole house come on man like you fix the one problem so proceeded to fix it uh, knock on wood. Uh, it's not doing the problem right now, uh, but it took seven hours of my day and both of us had to call into work to get it fixed before it destroyed our ceiling and our, you know, our ceiling would have caved in. Like if it kept going, it was going to cave in. There's no doubt in my mind. And yeah. jo Josh, you've been here before. So it, it would not have been a pleasant thing for that ceiling to fall in. And I was like, yeah, I got to go. So I just told my boss, I'm like, I got to go. I came home, had about an hour's time to look at it all, message him back. I'm like, I'm not coming back to work today. This is just not going to happen. I can't just knock this out in an early lunch break. You know what I mean? So proceeded to right. spend about $55. That's what I've got in it for fixing the problem. Their repair fix that they quoted me was over $1,000 to reinstall the system. So if there's any uh, lesson to be learned that I can share with anybody out there is, 
don't take the first answer because it's probably not the correct one. Uh, it's probably somebody just trying to make some money off of you and they see an easy target with my wife being at home alone and all that, you know? So uh, not cool if you're in HVAC business or sales at all, which I am. You don't do that, you know? You're not gonna get customers back. I'm gonna complain about it like I am right now to as many people as I possibly uh, can. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to be happy about it. And I'm not going to be uh, recommending anybody else's service either. And the sad thing is this, this wasn't even the company that installed it that came. The company that installed it couldn't come. Even though they installed it three years ago and now it's leaking and destroying my house, that should make me priority. You should be dropping other customers or rescheduling something for an hour to come and see my house because that's your reputation on the line. So you can imagine I'm not too happy about yeah. this situation. That's how my day's been. Lord, I wanted to I wanted to break a lot of things, but I ended up having to fix my uh, HVAC instead. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you could. I don't know, man. There's I'm surprised they didn't drop a lot because I assume there could be like you know, legal recourse because oh, they could there's going to be prove that it was the. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure because the staining is not, you know, it doesn't just disappear. No, I have several videos. Uh, I have several pictures. Uh, yeah, like seriously, not, not a good situation that I'm dealing with. Mm. And I mean, multiple thousands yeah. of dollars I paid to have this done and. Oh they, yeah. I they, mean, contact your insurance too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I am going to do whatever I can. I'm giving them till Monday. We called them today. They're supposed to get back to me. Uh, they called us back about four hours after we called them, said they couldn't get a hold of their boss. They forgot he was off today and they're going to call us back on Monday. And I'm like, well. They call back Monday. We have lots of ammunition in our in our uh, gun right now that we're going to start firing out because you guys, I mean, they just haven't fixed the problem. Like, clearly, they created a problem and left it and just let us deal with it three years later. So, bunch of crap. Big time. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that blows. It yeah. does. It was real bad. Real, real bad. So, uh, I'm looking forward to drinking a beer and talking some games. And then <laughs> after the podcast, I'm going out with my lady and I'm probably going to drink more beer and I'm probably going to have some good burgers or something. I don't have decided yet, but I'm going to do something to make the day better. <laughs> <laughs> and it starts right now. That's that's when it starts right now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> that is that is it. As soon as I hit that button, I'm like, let's go. Let's make this day better. So, yeah. All right, man, you want to talk some Starfield? Because I think I'm ready to get a little bit off my chest on this game. How about you? Yeah, let's go. Hell yeah. All right. Well, I think uh, I think the first thing I was wondering if we should do here, I got several thoughts down here. And I thought about just cracking them out and then just seeing what hits you. And then we just kind of bounce back and forth, talk about whatever hits us after that. Sure. Yeah, let's go. All right, cool. So I'm just going to rattle these off quickly. Whatever sticks, hit me back. Stop me as I'm going, too, and we'll just talk about it right there on the fly. Uh, so I have... Um, I, I guess I want to preface my score, and I want to do objective and subjective scores for me. Okay. Totally up to you what you want to do, Josh. It's, it's all good. We go with the flow around here. So I want to go first and say, hey, objectively, looking at this game... Seeing everything is, I got over 50 hours in. I'm like, I'm probably like a halfway done with the story. So yeah, I haven't completed 100%. But I've got enough under my belt to go. You know what? I think that seven out of ten was probably fair that IGN gave that blew the world up. 
Yeah, I think that's right. I, I think th- that's exactly right. I think so many other ones were just rose-colored glasses. I'm getting a Bethesda game for the first time in a decade. Yeah, cool. I can't wait. You know, this is a Bethesda game. And they gave them all the excuses to get past all the problems. You know, they were like, nah, that's cool. That's cool. So I think that 7 out of 10 is fair. Um, I did not expect to be saying this a month after playing it, but I am. That's just what it is. So objectively, I agree with that. This is not a 9-10 game, guys. This is not a 9-10 game. If it's a 9-10 game for you, I'm happy for you. But this is not a 9-10 oh, game yeah. for me. And not for a lot of people. Uh, subjectively, for me, personally, this is more like a 5 sort of game. Like, this is like a... I don't even think it's a 6, man. Like, I can't say 6 at all. Like, I was thinking of our Loud Thumb scale, which we did way back in the day, which we only bust out once in a while. And our Loud Thumb scale was like, you know, a 1 is a bad game. Two is an okay game. Three is a good game. Four is a great game. Five is an amazing game, right? That was our scale. And I think this would be a two. I think this is an okay game if we were using the loud thumb scale. And it's just because it's just okay. So that's it for me. I mean, I don't know if you have numbers you want to throw at them, Josh, before I rattle off a list and we see what hits the wall and sticks or... Yeah. And I mean, like I said, I think an objective for an objective score, I think seven is right on the dot. I mm-hmm. know we were super skeptical. I get with the IGN <laughs> score came right. out. We're like, nah, no way. Everyone's raving about this game. And then I get into it. I have 15 hours. I meant to get more. Uh, it is hard to deny the wise puppy dog eyes. Like, can we play Baldur's Gate? When your wife, who isn't a gamer, wants to play games with you, guess what the hell you're playing? <laughs> it's the game that you actually you, enjoy and if, you yeah, play. If you're listening right yeah. now and you're judging this guy for doing that, then that's wrong, man. That's wrong. You know what I'm saying? He did the right thing. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's she, a perfect yeah, choice. She asked me to play more than I like anticipate playing. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, hey, can we play Baldur's Gate tonight? Like absolutely we can play hell yeah carpe diem buddy Um, carpe diem you know (laughs) (laughs) hell yeah dude yeah uh but i think 15 hours while it's not an extensive amount of time is definitely enough to feel out the game um and i think for like a subjective score i don't know uh man that one's a little bit tough because i've had some major frustrations with the game but i've also had some points where i've like enjoyed myself uh so i think as six just because i feel like i see what the game is supposed to be and not what i got mad at okay um yep, so yep. i think the thing i think i'll go just slightly lower than what i think the game actually is is i i do see it um but my experience has i think been a little subpar okay that's fair that's fair so that that six would be uh, <laughs> your objective review or your subjective review i guess um did you uh, say that and i missed it subjective would be like a six out of ten. I guess yeah, okay. we're, we're mixing scales. You said out five. I think oh, two well. out of two to three out of five uh is we're very similar. Right with that. Somewhere yeah. somewhere right in there. Yep. Makes sense. Gotcha. Uh all right. So here's what I have, man. I have outdated design philosophy, frustrating mission design, open world feels dead, just not alive at all. Uh the gunplay <laughs> is the most fun part about Starfield. For me personally, the gunplay, great. Like, they've done a really well job because you can do it third person or first person. I will admit, I did start playing around with first person. It is much better first person because third person, it, like, the camera angle's not right. So you're aiming at the target and firing, and you're on target, 
it is still hitting like the corner of a you know piece of cover or a railing uh, or something like that you the, go yeah. ads on first person and it's you're off to the left or right you know whatever you're doing and that that needs to be fixed both bethesda fix that because i like playing third person a lot now it's not broken yeah. to the point it just means i have to always like think about that like oh wait i'm aiming at the guy but i'm hitting the railing so now i either need to flip to first person to aim properly or i need to adjust my third person targeting which kind of sucks don't give me third person yeah. if it's not actually right okay right right <laughs> so um so it tries to keep everything based in reality to feel more immersive then at the same time has the most video game ass shit to break the immersion like disappearing characters phasing through walls or people but even worse is the <laughs> constant load screens or black screens between either doors or planets that constantly remind you that you're playing a video game starfield doesn't know what it wants to be it really has an identity complex i i mean that's dead on for me i tried to sum it up mm -hmm. in just as little bit as possible as i could because there are times where you're playing and you're staying on a planet and you're just enjoying the things you're doing. And then something happens like one of those 10 things I mentioned there and it just breaks the immersion. And then you got to you, you don't stop seeing it. It's like when you buy a car and you never saw that car until you bought that car and then you see that car everywhere. You know what I mean? That's what it becomes in this video <laughs> game. It's like, I just saw a yeah. guy phase through a wall when he walked to a door or whatever. And then all of a sudden you start seeing it over and over and over and over. So you just can't unsee it anymore. <clears throat> so I'm not a huge fan of, of those games. That's what I think goes along with the outdated design philosophy. Like there are better ways of making those transitions other than them being a black screen or other than you seeing a, a character disappear in front of a wall because they walked up to a door instead of the door opening. You know what I mean? Like make the fucking uh -huh. door open and make them walk through the door. Like it doesn't have to be the same as me because when I walk up to the door, it disappears. Like I, it goes to black screen and then I end up uh -huh. through the door. Right. <laughs> so make the door yeah. open for the NPCs. And then yes, I'm still going to get the merge to break from a black door, but I can halfway appreciate and ignore that. Right. Um, but I, I definitely don't like the fact that it's just a constantly reminding me that they're saying like, Oh, it's based in reality. And this is that and we stole this from NASA and we wanted it to feel like, you know, it was really us and, you know, year 3000 and all these things that they worked really hard on making it like perfect in a way that it feels like this could happen to humanity. Yeah in a thousand years cool but now you're doing all these other things and i'm like come on man like when you're taking off in a ship that's fine that it you know it's just a takeoff and you're good but then there's a damn black load screen after the takeoff and now you're waiting and it's like why not just change it to an outside image of the planet and you're watching the ship take off into space so you see something happening i mean mass effect did it with elevators you know other games have done it with interactive load screens that do something but bethesda uh -huh. i just i just don't think they understand or care it's one or the other that that does cause an issue like i don't care if you give us ten thousand things to do in the game there's so many things you're doing in the game that don't mean shit to a lot of us and they break the fun. So um, that that's pretty much my just gist of the game for right now. I have pros and cons, obviously. And then I have a little bit I want to talk about about a podcast interview that I read or I listened to that had Todd Howard on it uh, that I think is kind of crazy. But I kind of want to get your thoughts on the game now as well, since you, you've kind of got mine. 
Yeah, I think this game is kind of like a <laughs> like a jack of many trades, right? Um, mm-hmm. Does a lot of things well, but nothing struck me as amazing. Um, I think the the combat is pretty good. It's pretty decent. Yeah. Um, so I think some guns are clearly better than others. Yeah. Uh, and so <laughs> I just recently found a pistol that was like, would like just take dudes down, but I had like a machine gun where I unleash 30 bullets into the guy's skull and he's like at half health still. Bullet sponge, uh, baby. So some, <laughs> oh my gosh, the enemies are bullet sponges. Yeah. Um, I think overall it, it does pretty well. Um, I think the skill tree system, I think that's actually kind of clever. I think it ramps up really slow. I agree with that. It feel really slow. Like you get a, you get a skill and then you have to level up the skill, which in... And thought I think you know that's <laughs> awesome, but like by like fifteen hours I'm like level ten maybe, and yeah. so I have a few points and a few different trees and maybe an extra point into some stuff, and so I feel like there's a difference, but there's not a big difference. Like give me more if you're gonna add more levels into an already like multi tiered system, and maybe I just need to play the game more. Maybe the skill the I don't know where the level caps at, but. There yeah, is not it, a level gap in Starfield. You can go forever. There is no cap. There, oh, well, that's why. Yeah, uh, so that is it why. It makes it feel really slow up front. Like, yeah. Make it feel really slow at the end, but give me, you know, let me beat to level 20 <laughs> with, you know, some skills and make me have some significance. Yeah. Um, it's like a game that you, there's no ending like that. That's good and bad, right? I mean, we talk about that for a minute or yeah. two, you know, like so, so, some games are meant to not have an ending, but that's because they're just a waste time kind of game, right? They don't really have a story, uh-huh. you know, like like an Animal Crossing or a Stardew Valley or something. Those games are not meant to end, right? They're mostly just go forever. Um, I It just doesn't click with me why you would make this kind of a game basically never ending. Like it has a story that ends, but then your your whole deal with not just Starfield, but with new game plus like they it's like they're using Mm. new game plus as as like a way of going oh well the story ended but now you can still do another story and it could be different so i guess you know thinking about that now just on the fly like that makes the game even more less of an ending of a game like they literally never want it to end even your next gameplay is not going to end it's just going to feel different but never end and i don't like that at all like um, mm. I mean, both you and I, Josh, we, we don't play, uh, you know, Animal Crossing, Stardew Valley, these chore, uh, I just call them chore games. You know what I mean? Chore, I think right, chore core is right. like a term that people are trying to other podcasts I hear say chore core. And it's like, that's what they are. The core of the game is just to do chores. Like you're really not accomplishing anything in the game, uh, that drives you to do more story or upgrades or anything like that. You just keep rinse and repeating. And I think right. that's, I think that's kind of a downfall for Starfield. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many planets to go to. It, it does feel like the choices are a little bit overwhelming. Uh, I think they do, in that respect, have a really great accurate, uh, like really great representation of space because there there would be just too much shit to do. Uh, yeah, and so I think maybe the the aim is to still reward you for keeping going, right? So it doesn't yeah. like completely stagnate. So you're at least still reaching something. <laughs> Um, but they could do kind of like what Diablo does and, you know, the upper levels do take a long time to level, but the upfront to get all your core skills, I mean, 
before you hit Paragon levels, which is like the extra levels, essentially. Yeah. Um, you hit level 50, which gives you all your core skills available to you. And by the time you beat the store, you're like level 42, 45, mm. somewhere around there. So you're already almost there. But you have like the bulk of all your core stuff. And even by that point, I think you have every level, every tier like unlocked. And now you're just dumping extra points into things you like. Yeah. Um, so there's a there's a way to develop leveling that feels good. And then there's but you can also scale those caps, right? And make the experience um, boundaries higher in the upper levels and lower in the lower levels to make to reward the player for playing to encourage them to keep playing. Then you can still have that post game content that still rewards you for keeping going. Like maybe your build is like ninety five percent complete, but you know what? You still got five percent. That five percent may take you twenty hours, but mm, right, it's like hey, you're you're still getting something for playing the game. Right, right, exactly. So I see the goal. I just think it could be better executed. I would agree with that for sure. And uh, mm-hmm. Bill in the chat over on YouTube, uh, perfect. He has a perfect point. So one of the things I mentioned, Resident Evil uh, did the door opening graphics in 1996. Bethesda is behind the times. I forgot about that one because that's true. When you go to a door in Bethesda or in uh, Resident Evil, you actually see the door open. Like it cuts to a screen and you see the door open. That's your load screen. There's actually something happening. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. you go into the level, right? Then you're in the next room. And yeah, 1996. I mean, we're talking almost 30 years ago, guys. 26 years ago. And that that's crazy. 26, 27. And yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's outdated philosophy. I mean, that's highly outdated when you think about that. I didn't even think about Resident Evil in 96. That's a hell of a good point. And uh-huh. yeah, that's that's crazy. But yeah, I have to agree with you on the, on the skill tree. Because I, I think... You know what? Like, it's this sounds condescending, or I don't know the the exact word for it, but um, it just oxymoron, I guess maybe. But it's it's so diluted in a way that mm. I I That's a good word. It's yeah. like you can't tell what the hell is going on. Like, where should I focus? What should I do? You know, and like how it locks you out of knowing what the next level's gonna do until you unlock it. That pisses me off, actually. So when you go in and look to see what next, you know what I mean, right? Like you've seen that where yeah. you want to know what the next yeah. phase is. It's like, oh, that's locked. Do these 10 things up here and then we'll tell you what this does. Hell no. That means I can't spec forward in any fashion. I can't think forward You can't at all. plan a build. You cannot yeah. plan a build in this. And I've been playing a ton of cyberpunk lately. I'm, I've got about five, six hours into cyberpunk now. Um, working my way back up into the DLC. I started a whole new gameplay. And that's one thing that, you know, CD Projekt Red has totally worked on and really made a a huge change in Cyberpunk. They've made a new game. Like, go play Cyberpunk right now. If you played it the first time, play it right now. It feels like a new game. 100% feels like a new game to me. I mean, you're going to get the same story, but the feeling of the game, so new. It's like the game that should have came out. Um, I've heard some people say it feels like it's been in pre-release for three years. That's a way to say it. That's exactly how it feels. And their skill okay. tree in that is exactly what people should be doing. They should be looking, all the developers should be looking at Cyberpunk, at CD Projekt Red and going, that's a hell of a way to make a CD or make a, uh, a skill tree. Because you go in and you can see like, oh, if I want to be a net runner and I want to do these, 
then this is what I can do. Oh, that does that. Oh, that does that. You get excited. I get excited. Let me just say I, that. I know. I yeah, get so exactly. excited. Like, oh shit, I want that ability. And instead, Starfield goes, nah, I'm, I, I don't care what you want. I don't want to make you excited. Go do these things I want you to do the way I tell you to do them. And then we'll talk. And that's like a shitty boss. You know what I mean? I, I, <laughs> I cannot stand that. I mean, I can't think yeah. of a better description in my head, but it, it, it fires me up so bad playing the game because it takes away the fun, man. And yeah, you agree. I, I want kind of want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, I really, in RPGs, especially, I really like looking at the trees and planning ahead. Like, because it, it lets me see what kind of gameplay do I want to focus on and what do I want to accent? So Hell a lot yeah. of times, and it's usually the smart way to, I think it's a smarter way to play is you, you focus on one tree, you accent with another, the other two, there you go. It, you might get some quality of life stuff out of, um, but you want to, you want to see and look ahead. So if like you can, instead of investing a bunch of points into trying to unlock the next level, uh, next like level of that tree, you know, you can, you can get there and like, I don't like any of these skills, right? I've invested my whole ass build into all these skills and I don't even want them. So now I got to start over into another one. And I'm sure it still comes in handy. But even at that, while you're doing it, it's so incremental. Like, uh, for example, there's a skill that increases your um, maximum oxygen. Uh, maximum what again? I'm sorry. But I was like, coughing there. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> your maximum amount of oxygen you can use. Oxygen. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But the first level is only 10%. And, you know, you look at the tree right. as you go. I think it's up to like 50%, which is a huge bonus. Oh, that's giant. But, yeah. Um, yeah, the kind of the way I relate that is, you know, for for cars, you um before you actually ever feel a power increase, it's at five percent. That's like yeah, the bare minimum noticeable amount. So like ten percent is something to notice, but it's not like you're like, oh boy, man, my I can run for so much longer <laughs> now. It's like, oh well, I could go I could go another twenty feet, that's fine. Um, you know, and it still works and it's it's still, you know, acceptable, I think, but make the increments bigger or instead of five tiers, make it three tiers and then make the tiers more significant as you go. If you want to still get the concept. Yeah. I still really like the concept. I like that you can pick a skill. And if you really like that skill, you can enhance that skill. Yes. So I think they should stick with it, but I think that needs to feel more meaningful. I like that idea. And I also, I also want to piggyback and, and say, I like the, the other idea, which another thing cyberpunk does. And a lot of other games have started doing this is where you can respec at any time you can go in and say, give me all my skill mm -hmm. points back and just put them wherever you want. You cannot do that in Starfield. Think that is stupid. Like this day and age, like what do gamers want the most? Josh choice, right? They yeah, want choice. Yeah, choice. Yeah. Let, let us choose. Okay. That's our fucking game. That's our character. That's our time. That's our choice. Let us choose. Yeah. And instead they take that away. That makes no sense at all to me at all. And it, it, yeah, I, ch I just continually, as I kept playing this game, I kept saying, eh, it's okay. You know, get over it. It's fine. This is, this is the way it's made you know, all these, I kept doing that to myself as I would play. And then I would remind myself like, why do you play games, man? You don't play games to settle for second best. You want to have a damn good time when you're playing games. Like you don't get a ton of time to do it. Yeah. It's not your job. You know, well, you want to be having a lot of fun doing this. Right. And I'm like, yeah, what the hell, man? Like that's bullshit. And then I'd write, you know, down how I felt about something. And it just continually kept going into that more like, this isn't what we should be getting in 2023. There is too many things in this game that are outdated 
past a decade, uh, you know, chat past 1996, you know? So <laughs> it, it's crazy to me that that can be happening to this day and age, which means that as, as many times and as many things as they say they've done to fix the game and delay the game and all this kind of stuff, that wasn't ever a focus of theirs. They were always still like, this is the core of the game. They're going to do these chore things. They're going to make them the way we want them to make them. And they're going to follow our rules. And there's not going to be all those levels of choice. We're going to give them the, uh, the mirage, you know, the illusion of choice, but it's not really going to be their choice. So we'll let them build a ship any way they'd like, but if they still have two pieces out of place, it won't fly, you know, that kind of bullshit. So it's like, <laughs> oh, cool, we can still build a ship anything we want. Oh, wait, but you have to follow these 20 parameters before it actually will take off and fly. <clears throat> That's almost like a perfect analogy to Starfield uh, is the shipbuilding. Yeah. Like they tell you in the videos and everything, you can build anything you want. You can make it look how you want. You can do this, you can do that. And you can take off and go into space and do this, that, and the other. No, you can't. No, you can't. Because you have to have so many things that have to fill so many slots and they have to be in a certain order and they have to be a certain amount of them. And it's uh -huh. not explained to you. The shipbuilding has a level of cool. Oh, and then all of a sudden it's just it not cool no yeah. more. Like it's just done. Like, okay, not cool anymore. It's so yeah, bad. The shipbuilder, I, I will admit, the shipbuilder is cool. I do like, well, I have, it, it's a little hit and miss for me. I think once you learn how to use it, it's fine. Uh, that, learning how fine. to use it sucks ass. Fine. You sucks said that's exactly ass. right. It's fine. Yeah. Like, that's it. But it, it's a bitch to learn it because they oh, do not teach is. you. They do not teach you. <laughs> yeah. And there's some certain things I can appreciate from what they're trying to do. Uh, a little bit of contrast to you, Nick, just be from my background. I'm an engineer for, for a profession. Sure. So like when something happens, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And so it doesn't bother me, <laughs> right? <laughs> because I'm like, oh no, I, I see why. That's fine, right? Um, and so I, I guess I like that little bit extra like puzzliness to it. I know my ship is unbalanced, so I have to pump extra. I have to divert extra power into my um, my boosters. Yeah, and get a bigger grab drive and all it. that. Yeah, 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 exactly. So like that part, I'm like, just from a real hard technical mindset doesn't bother me any that's fine if it was its uh, own game like, <laughs> i would be i would appreciate it more but when you put it inside a game that's already convoluted and messy in every menu that you've just added uh -huh. frustration on top of frustration for most yeah. gamers you know what i mean <laughs> yeah for, oh no 100 because kerbal space program made shipbuilding easy that game is ancient yeah exactly and you say that game yeah. is actually pretty difficult you know you got to learn how to launch a freaking spaceship oh, that's a and land core physics game yeah, yeah. exactly right yeah. so we're talking about something like that i can fully appreciate it like you said like that's why i'm here man this is why i came but starfield mm. promised something right, totally different yeah. and then they're like oh yeah you can build the ship you can do this you can do that you can do this and then all these things and then you get in there and you're like what the fuck am i doing i have no clue what i'm doing right now you've made me feel like an idiot Thank you, Todd Howard and everyone involved. And now I can't just pick and choose any ship. Like, just give me a damn design. Let me choose it oh, and let yeah. me push a button and let it build the damn ship. So let me fly because that part I don't care about. That's that choice thing again. It just everything just I think mm -hmm. I think this conversation we're going to have is just always for me. It's just going to come cycling right back to choice because there's so many things yeah. they tell you you can choose. But then you're stuck with having to do 20 chore cores before you can do that choice over and over and over. You can't just choose it. It's like, I want to focus on that. Nah, not happening. Do these yeah, 20 things and then you can. The, <laughs> something along the same note is, have you ever been wanted, Nick? Mm. 
Have you mm-hmm. ever done something a little bit stupid by accident? You didn't even yeah. know you did. Yeah. And then have yeah. you ever been not able to get to a planet? One of the six planets or whatever. They, they don't tell you where these things are. The kiosks where you can pay off your own bounty. Yeah, those are fun. And every yeah. <laughs> time you get to the planet that has a bounty kiosk, it's also surrounded by all the people who want to shoot you down. And also you didn't offend one of the actions. Like I, I, I accidentally offended the free star coalition. And then all of a sudden the United colonies also wants my ass. And so oh, I, man. Spent, I shit you not nearly an hour trying to get to the surface of any goddamn planet. Oh, I made it there and then I wasn't in the right system Uh-oh. to then pay myself off. So I had to like load up, go back to another planet, load up, land, load up the menu before anybody could start shooting at me. Right. And by the way, while they're like, welcome to neon. Have a great day. As <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening to myself being blown up, like you told me to have a good day. You're right. shooting me down. Bastards. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was a game glitch or like just something stupid yeah but oh my gosh dude either i forgot about the bounties and how they'll work with them or i just the game just straight up didn't tell me like it a million other things but when you said your bounty was like 15k right like it was up there yeah and i was looking at people on reddit who like but people doing like hundred thousands of dollar bounties oh damn (laughs) i had a six thousand dollar bounty at one point and i ended up getting taken to prison or took to prison however you want to say it and uh-huh. when they took me to prison, they just immediately took my money. And then I just walked out of the prison doors because they released me. And I just went back to playing uh-huh. the game. That's the only time that ever happened to me. And I'll be completely honest. I didn't even know there was bounty kiosks in this game until you told me that. Because I never had a point where I had to go pay off a bounty. <laughs> I was always just arrested. So I'm like, okay, I got arrested. Sorry, here's my money. Well, thanks for letting me go now. Yeah. And that was it. So you're that's absolute bullshit that happened to you for sure. I'm sure it's happened to other gamers too. Oh but man. Total bullshit to lose an hour of just frustration. Yeah. It did lead to one cool story beat, which would have been cooler and I'll get to that. But like, I actually got picked up by one of the United colonies, like ships and like pull over or I swear to God, I'll shoot you down. I'm like, all right, fine. If those, if that gets everyone to stop blowing me up repeatedly. Yeah. From my like low level ship. Sure. I'll go. So I get captured or I get taken aboard, I get this whole story like, you're going to infiltrate this faction for us, or it's going to be bad news. And it was actually like kind of a cool scene. And it would have been way cooler, and I would have kept that save if I hadn't left the ship, and then proceeded to also get blown up by UC. Oh, <laughs> <Shit>. Christ. <laughs> like, you're still a bounty. Like, oh, you're still a criminal. Like, no, I will do this cool mission, but now you're blowing me up. Like, there's, like, every planet I went to, I was getting blown up. I'm like, <laughs> No, I'm not going to keep this. I'm going to load up. And then I finally made my way, paid it off. And it's been um, pretty smooth sailing since. But like that was another, another nearly uninstall it kind of moments. So like, right. Are you kidding me? I have I just accidentally soft locked my game for reasons I, I don't even know what happened. I thought I literally thought my game was soft locked because it would you blow up one ship of, of one of the you know United colonies or the, the free star system and like five or six more come after you. I'm like, I don't know what ship could take this on. Yeah, that's uh, nuts. With the resources I have to spend on a ship. Yeah, exactly. Point. Exactly. It's like they yeah, throw you into a position like, where you just have no winning. Like there's no choice for you to win. Like you're going to lose every time. 
Yeah, and so I really like the exploration part of this game, and I could have went to some much less habited systems. I even think the moons are cool mm-hmm. with the varying like gravities, and like you can find pirate bases and you can raid them for cool loot. I actually found that really enjoyable, and even just running around scanning stuff and looking for resources mm-hmm. was pretty zen. But like, if I actually wanted to go back to any populated planet for like story reasons, I I swore I was gonna be soft locked. Right. And yeah, yeah. So I just couldn't get anywhere. So I could go do 80 hours of that and then just never do anything meaningful in this. Right. Story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and so I think, yeah. so, I mean, there's some things that the game does really well. And I think they just got like tunnel vision and a few different places like the physics mm. engine is also is obviously amazing. Yeah, that's like, really great. Some of the videos and stuff. They put some really hard work into a lot of spaces. But like there's also a lot of spaces that count that they didn't put a lot of work into like yeah animations on npcs they got those oh, dead shark eyes fucking terrible out. terrible they're yeah, that's my hot button is those sons of bitches and i could handle it if the conversation system didn't have them staring at you while they're also talking to somebody else so it's yeah. constantly like dead eye looking you in the like straight in the eyeballs yep and it weirds me out and i don't like it i uh, don't either that's a bethesda thing and their style it, it, it definitely I is think it's weird and their facial expressions are out of sync. Yes. And it bothers yes. me even more. Yes. And so, yeah. Bethesda so, like, needs to switch because I don't yeah. think Bethesda will ever get that right. What I think they need to do is I think that when you have conversations, it needs to switch to comic book panels. There's just straight up, you look at it, it reads it to you. It's like, hey, so-and-so, how are you? You see a comic oh, book panel like, of you, um, and then it flips, you know, like... Uh, uh, I know like a fire emblem style or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. The one pop, I was thinking yeah. of was infamous infamous does that beautifully. If you've ever played an infamous game, at least the first two of them, mm. I never finished the third one, yeah. but the first two do that beautifully. The game is amazing. You, you run up into a character, you find a character, a story beat kicks in and that it switches to comic book panels. It's just you chatting with somebody and it's voiceover. Great. Uh, there's a narrator that kicks in and out, you know, between stuff to fill in little gaps. Perfect. That's all I need. Bethesda, stop trying to figure out how humans move and work because you can't. Just or mocap them. Mo- I don't know. If man. you could, if they got the money, they they act like they don't have the money, but I know they do. They're owned by Microsoft. So yeah, switch it up. Do something different. I mean, I would have thought that was cool actually in in a game like this. Just right now, just thinking about it, if they had like a comic-y effect, you know, like they just toss out like, like a little kid is like reading about your adventure, you know what I mean? That would have been dope as shit. Uh Like that would have been a cool little background thing to be like, in the Mm -hmm. year 4000, this kid is reading comic books about what happened in the year 3000 and you're the protagonist, you're the hero of it or the villain, you know, whatever you are, you're an anti-hero. Yeah. That would have been dope. Yeah. I would have been down for it because I, I'm the same as you. I could not put up with the NPCs acting dumb as shit. I'm trying to talk to somebody <laughs> and then so-and-so dickhead across the corner is trying to talk to me at the same time. You know, like I walk up and try and talk to Sarah about something story related that's fucking important. And then Sam's like, hey, when you get a minute, if you could come over here in a second, I got to talk about some stuff about Cora and things in the ship and I have some things to give you. Uh, Shut the fuck I- up. Sam Co. I am talking to Sarah. Like, where's that on the select, you know, decision uh, I, uh, choices, right? <laughs> <laughs> I once had uh, Sam Co. completely turned around backwards mm-hmm. having, having a conversation with somebody. And I'm like, oh, boy. I had one like, of those with Barrett a couple times. Barrett was backwards on me a couple yeah. times. I'm like, dude, come on, man. This is bullshit. And I, How many yeah. games do you know that when there's story, everything else in the game is mapped? 
like it is is told like okay that character's gonna do that that character's gonna do that and around the main characters uh-huh. there's like an invisible wall nobody's allowed in and all the npcs follow the rules you know what i mean it's perfect uh-huh. cyberpunk I'll, I'll go back and back i'm gonna keep talking about cyberpunk even into next month because i am gonna bring that onto the show and talk about it when i beat the dlc but it it is so much of a fresh of a uh, breath of fresh air because i'm playing it right now i f- i love the world i love the characters i love the story i mean it it's so well done and a shitty launch uh-huh. a shitty launch should not destroy a great game and we're seeing that over and over you know what i mean like corporate greed gets in the way yeah. and the people who are making the game are like i'm not gonna let that destroy you know our image and our name we're gonna make it right and they do and they deliver and it's amazing and i think a game like starfield releases it's over the top popular everybody's buying it. it's breaking records and they're like you know what yeah the modders are kind of fixing everything for us we're cool we're gonna go <laughs> ahead and uh just work on the next thing you know we'll bring you elder scroll six and we'll be good so maybe a little dlc later but that's it we're good and i hate that i absolutely hate that because that's just all the money they've been given is kind of given them like false uh you know I don't know what to say. Like, what's the word I'm look- thinking of right now? It's just gratitude. It's making them complacent. Yeah. Making them complacent. Yeah, that's a good way to put it too, for sure. Yeah. Um, I I definitely wanted to um talk about just a couple of minutes because we're getting close. We got a we got a question from the loud crowd. We're gonna talk about, and then uh, we're gonna review our brews here before we head out. But Todd Howard was on a podcast and um. He, he mentioned a bunch of things and th- this is my take of the podcast. So I couldn't tell you the name of the podcast. I didn't write it down guys, but it was basically on with one of the developers of insomniac. The developer of insomniac has a podcast where he brings other game developers on and they talk. Oh, um, that's pretty cool. Actually. It's actually very cool. I started following it. Um, I, I just can't tell you the name right now. Maybe when we're reviewing brews with uh, Josh, I'll look it up and tell you guys, but, um, he says here, just a couple quick things. I want to got like four little bullet points. I want to say real quick. He says the game was completed, basically done, being developed by holiday of 2023. That means this game had nine months, eight to nine months to make it more fun or solve the problems. It just doesn't seem like that, in my opinion. So that 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 just seems bullshit. Like the polish might be better, less buggy, but they didn't change anything else in nine months. That's plenty of time to change some things, especially menus. Um, Oh, yeah. These are my opinions. Just of Todd Howard. Call me out on them if you'd like. I don't really care. Uh, but <laughs> this guy absolutely relies on his players to figure out what the game is about and how to make it fun. And part of what he explained is the players need to figure out what to do, which means it's not created with fun in mind. It's just giving you a bunch of shit and you have to find to have the fun. So the game isn't inherently fun on its own. Fucking stupid. Like he literally <laughs> said that in less words, on the podcast that like he relies on the players to find their own fun, which a hundred percent means, well, we don't plan on the game to be fun. We're not playing it to be fun. You go make it fun. That's bullshit from the get go. That's like saying, Hey, you're Spider-Man. But before you get to have your spider powers, you got about 50 chore cores you're going to have to go do. And then you'll get one spider power. And then you got to do 200 more. And then you can get your spider suit. And then you can do 250 more. And then you'll be able to actually swing. That's basically what he's saying here. That pisses me off big time. Because you can't make a game (laughs) like that with no fun first off in place. 
Yeah, I mean, I think there's a way to do that correctly, but the how they just plop you and don't explain anything is yeah. different. Like, don't hold my hand the entire time. But you got to tell me where the water is before I can drink from it, right? Damn straight. Like, don't, Lead don't, me don't somewhere. Don't place me in the middle of the desert and hope, hope I find the oasis before I uninstall your Sahara-level game. Yes, um, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I, he, I see what he's going for, but... I, I do, too. I do, too. But uh, that's just fucking stupid. Um, saturation of content was a, was a term he used that they do at Bethesda, okay? That's not accurate for me for Starfield. This game is full of things, yes, but I call that bloated. I don't think 50% of this game actual content is fun. Like, it is bloated with so much bullshit. He literally called out a bunch of players and said, like, yeah, sure, you can pick up all the trays for food and all the pencils and pens and cups and stuff. Um, we want you to be able to have that option. But you don't need them. Why the fuck make that an option, then? Who gives a shit? For these morons that want to go out and, excuse me, I think you're a moron if all you want to do is spend your time picking up fucking cups and pens and putting them in a fucking room and then opening the door and laughing at it. I think that's a waste of fucking time for anybody in this world who <laughs> plays video games. It's fun to you, that's fine, but I think it's moronic, 100%, and I'll fight you on it. That's moronic. There's nothing in that that's productive at all. Um, mm. The last thing he says, he says, he had... He had um, I put it down this way that he had the gall to call the menus in this in this game elegant. He called the oh, fucking oh, menus elegant. Shit. Absolute worst fucking menus. horseshit garbage. The worst menus I've ever dealt with in any game ever. Period. Used ever. And oh, in a world game. where there in a world like this where there's so many games that you could literally just go, that's a great idea. Mine. Great idea. Mine. And use them. And no one will fucking judge you on it. They'll be like, oh man, he took an idea from, uh, let's just say Horizon. Like, holy shit, he took the Horizon weapon wheel. That's a fucking awesome way to make this, you know, super intuitive and fluid. This is great. I love it. Awesome. Uh -huh. You know, that's usually the conversations we get when people do that with video games. They take something good, they slightly repurpose it and put it in their game. And it's great. It's fantastic. Looks awesome. Throw a little, you know, paint on it and it's all yours. That's great. But to call them elegant is bull fucking shit. That is absolutely not the case. And I don't like somebody. Ooh. He feels like a liar to me, man. It just so it feels so much like lying uh, just to sell your shit. Like one of the worst car salesmen in the world or some shit. You know, it just uh, angers me so bad. Just be honest, man. You might think they're elegant, but I think you need to take your really, really highly tinted rose colored glasses off and look at your product and stop trying to make your customers all your bitch and focus on what the game is and make new customers, make new fans of your franchise. Because I'll tell you what, man, I might have a real hard time. Me and you've both, mm -hmm. used, both used the term choking it down, right? Like you've mentioned that a couple of times that I find hilarious. <laughs> but yeah. we're going to go back yeah. and choke down some more Starfield. And I, I have I paid $100 for this game. I paid the full 99 early access. And I have DLC coming. The story is at the point now where some cool shit's happened and it, it has me hooked slightly. It doesn't have me hooked okay. enough to bring okay. me away from from cyberpunk. I'm, I got to have my Keanu and I got to have my Idris Elba. I want to get back in there. But it has me hooked in a way where I I still think I'll finish it. Um, I, okay. I don't I don't hate on it that much, but 
it will be real difficult and I'll have to report back when the time comes to see if I'll actually go and play the DLC because if it's just more of the same shit, that's just not really acting like a benefit or an add on that's you know worth my time. I'm not sure yeah. I'll go back. So I'm not like, um, I'm not regretting my purchase really, but I am definitely disappointed in what has come out of this game for me personally. Sure. sure. But I, but I'm ready to see if they can, you know, fix, you know, write the, write the train, you know, whatever you want to say. Uh, because it's, it's to me, it's just a sloppily put together game that has, you said, you said it earlier, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that the Jack of all trades, you know, master of none is kind of how I think of it when uh -huh. you said that. Yeah. And that's what this yeah. game is. It's, it's a Jack of all trades. It is a master of none. Um, it comes close in the gunplay. I really like the gunplay, but I don't think it's masterful to the point where I'd be like, Oh, I'd like to see that in more games. Um, but it is, it is pretty fun and it's enjoyable. Um, the physics system, I would agree with you as well. The, the low gravity stuff is awesome. That's some of my most fun points is just jumping for 50 feet and hundreds of feet. It's <laughs> great. I think that's super cool. Yeah. Um, uh, there yeah. are cool moments in the game. There are cool things going on. There are cool experiences, but none of them really hang on and, and just yank me in like I was really looking for and hoping from this game. So that's kind of why I feel like I feel about it. And, uh, I think that's my my final input on it. So, Joshua, what what is your final thoughts? Do you think? Yeah, I mean, I can echo a lot. I think I do think their exploration is really good. I do like having the scanner up, stopping for creatures, okay. gathering materials. Nice. Uh, I do like some of that resource farming uh, sort of thing. It's very zen. Um, and I think their portrayal of planets is also really good. I know it's just JPEGs when you're out right, in space, yeah, yeah, but yeah. they're really really great uh, jpeg so i mean the physics and space are really good um i do like some of the exploration like uh when i went to a moon it's exactly like i was gonna be real critical about how the how like this moon was right and it was you know it wasn't a yellow sun out there it was bright white it was sh harsh shadows and on a stark cratery surface and things behaved in the way i expected to so there are i mean there are really are places where they put a lot of attention to detail it's just Agree. Yeah. Didn't You're land right. in the gameplay. Right. It just did not land in the gameplay. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, yeah, I thought I I think the combat is fine. I've played much better shooters, um, even with they're going for like an element. Oh, 100 percent. Like, I guess I should uh, say, yeah. like, I feel like this combat I should put. I, I don't do this because I'm not one of them gamers, but uh -huh. for Bethesda, this this is by far the best combat period for me. Period. Oh, sure, sure, so, sure. And okay. I've I've played okay. all their games you. now. I haven't beat them, but I have played from Fallout Four. Uh, well, before Fallout Four, actually, I played you know Fallout um, Three, New Vegas Four, all those, all the way through with Skyrim and Oblivion and all those. And yeah, this yeah. this here I feel like is the most fun and and well thought out combat system for sure. Yeah, it is. It is relatively fluid and, and it does it everything pretty fine. I just. And never had like, oh, man, I'm so fucking cool right now. No, you're right. Like I, I will agree with that. I've <laughs> never had that moment yet. Nope, nope. Maybe I will. Yeah, I still just... got probably 20 hours of story to do. Maybe I will. I would definitely report back and tell uh, if you listen to the pod, you'll hear me say it. I mean, I'm not going to hold it in. I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I guess at, at the end of it here, um, I'm on the fence if I'm going to keep playing. Okay. Um, there are some aspects I've enjoyed, but I feel like I've just had to push through too much. That's hard, too man. Many frustrations. I, I would have. Been, I've installed other games for less. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so 
for me to like still be in it is still a little bit impressive, but man, uh, I might, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence if I'm going to complete it or not. Um, but I know for sure this is, this is my first and last Bethesda game. There you go. There you go. I, I feel like this will be my last, uh, unless they do something with DLC and turn the corner big time for me. Yeah. I don't, I don't see me going back to Bethesda. If they're never going to change their their tactics of gameplay style and in development, I'm done. Like uh-huh. I'm I'm not yeah. a game. I am not a Bethesda gamer. I guess if you want to put it that way, I, I don't know how else to say it. But yeah, it's not me. Yeah, I always felt like I missed the mark on Skyrim, and it just got too past too far past it for me to go back because I know that was a big phenomenon. Yeah. But now I know I didn't really miss anything. Right. I, <laughs> At yeah, least I, it, for me in my play style, I'll, I'll, I'll adjust that because I know a lot of people hold that game very. Oh, hundred percent. Um, that's a subjective review me, for both of us, man. Yeah. Like I feel hundred percent the same. Yeah. 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 So uh, it's probably a good game, but I, I I'm afraid that I would. And that one too has to search for the good game under all of the crap that's on top that I have to fight through. So, right, right. All right, guys. Well, that's how we feel about Starfield. That's our final thoughts. We'll get them out. We're done for now. Uh, But we do want to talk with the loud crowd out there. Uh, If you guys want to be a member of the loud crowd, shoot over to our discord. You got links below and all the, all the socials and everything are down there. So find us on TikTok and discord and chat with us. Uh, we do uh, all kinds of questions of the week. We try to get out there and we like to hear from you guys so that we're kind of leaving it up to you. And we have Adventuring Hobbit. He asks a question. This is kind of Starfield related, so I'm going to read this off. It's a little bit long, but we're going to read it off and talk about it real quick here. Take a few minutes. Yeah. Um, so he says, I'm not sure if you guys have come up, uh, if this has come up in an episode recently, but I'd be curious to hear you guys chat about the increasing trend of big games offering an early access weekend prior to the official release date for an increase in the price, like 20 to $30 more. It says Diablo 4 and Starfield are two that come to mind. Having done this in 2023 feels like a far worse pricing model than the typical standard and deluxe formats that we've had in the past decade. At least if you're paying extra for a season pass, you get DLC content as it releases. If you're paying for a couple days of early access, you don't really keep your money's worth after its release date. As you effectively hit... Uh, or after the release date hits as you effectively have the same product as everyone else who waited a few days, guess it comes down to that time is what time is worth the extra money. But it seems just like an extra excuse for publishers to pull people into accepting a charge of 90 to hundred dollars for a game comparing to something like Baldur's gate that had a multi-year access period that was designed around giving them the feedback and didn't cost extra. In fact, they gave a deluxe edition uh, without the extra charge if you participated in early access. It's hard for me to justify paying extra for a couple of days anymore. I think Diablo will be the last time I do that since I didn't really, uh, it didn't really add to the experience. So what are your thoughts on early access, more money, and you really gain nothing other than time? And does it become worth it? Um, I don't think Starfield's a great example for both of us because it definitely wasn't worth it. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but it, can you think of one that was uh, we really haven't been getting these early access uh, upper prices until just recently. So I really don't have anything to compare. Did you do early access Diablo? Was it worth it for you? That kind of thing, maybe uh, I paid for it. And I didn't do it because I was still playing Zelda. Um, oh, so yeah. I did not yeah. get my money's worth out of that. I'm not too salty because I know long run. I'm definitely getting my money out of Diablo. So gotcha. And there were there are a couple other goodies that I actually don't remember because I pre-ordered in like March. 
Uh, I was I was a little bit early mm, on. Okay. Um, I did it. I don't think it's worth just a couple extra days. I would and for any other game, and I paid a little extra for Diablo because I was excited and I wanted the extra stuff. And Diablo is one of my all-time favorite franchises, and yep. I've been playing for You're the fan. plus years. Yeah. Uh, so for me, I, I think that's awesome. But for any other game, like I was just kind of curious about or just kind of excited about, I'm waiting three days. <laughs> you know, I'm yeah, not paying right. the extra uh, access. Um, one other example I think of is I think I I bought the like super deluxe whatever for Borderlands three because I knew I was gonna play the shit out of that. Too. Okay, it was a hundred bucks, but that game was like that that came with like a season pass. Like, oh I got, like, yeah, full so free DLC. Yeah. I know it was kind of a mediocre reception and a little mediocre for me too. But like every time the DLC came out, I got another like five to seven hours of gameplay out of that. So yeah, that was super worth it. But for just a couple days of early access, like if if it means something to you or you're a big streamer or you want that content now and you're like ultra excited, more power to you. Uh, but like as far as like a costing thing goes, like I don't know if a, I'll just pay 60 bucks in a few days or $70 in a few days, you know, whatever um, system you're buying it on. I'm not I'm not right. getting it early. <laughs> not, not for those kind of prices. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. I am the type of guy. Um, I'll tell you why I did Starfield early, why I paid $100 for it. I didn't do it for the DLC. I didn't do it for anything else. It launched and allowed me to play on a holiday weekend. I already had three days of of work off. So for me, I was immediately like, I can play the hell out of that. I know I want to get into it quickly. I oh, want to yeah. dive deep quickly. And it launched on Labor Day weekend. So I was able to get it and play it starting Friday and I was able to play all weekend, including Monday, with not being interrupted by work or anything. You know, I mean, other than just chores at the That's house fair. and family and stuff. So they got me 100% because of that. And I think more games doing that when they know more customers are going to be off work or, you know, have available time is going to really gain better. something. I think, yeah. I think yeah. that's an extra gain that maybe some people don't get, you know, like I, I don't work weekends. So a lot of people do. So for a lot of people, it's not going to matter. Like, eh, I got to work anyway. Right. Makes total sense. But yeah. for me, yeah, I had that extra level of like, Oh damn. Like I can get another, I played like 25 hours before the weekend was over. Now guys, for me, that's a shit ton. Like I don't get a lot of game time. <laughs> so mm -hmm. I literally sat down with my son and myself and he played right here in, in the podcast room uh, we played together on separate televisions and everything. It was awesome. It was kind of a cool bonding experience for us as well. And it was, you know, two and a half days roughly that we kind of played out of a total of four that I had available. And it was awesome. Like, uh, I'll always remember that. It's always a good time. But that for me was my like, uh, just tipping of the iceberg for me. I was like, oh, hell yes. Now, if I'd had to work on Monday, I probably wouldn't have done it because, I could have just picked it up on Tuesday and I would have only gained like maybe a few hours on Sunday to play. Right. Um, sure. But the fact they did early access and I was on a Thursday and I was like, oh, I could get in, create a character, do a few things, set up every stuff, everything I needed to for my stuff. And then uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I got free reign to choose when I want to play and when I want to be responsible, you know, as an adult. Right. <laughs> so, um, so that that's yeah. really what got me. I'm typically the guy who you got to give me something. I mean, Josh knows I'm a big collector. You can kind of see behind uh -huh. me. 
And I, I like little collectibles, man. So if you give me something cool, I'm usually in on your on your, you know, pre-release or your collector's edition that you're going to get a little bit more money out of me, that kind of thing. Um, but the pre-releases, unless they're on like a time where I can get extra time to play and I, I don't only get like a few extra hours in my day or weekend, uh, then I'm probably out. Like, so I, I, I mean, his question is, you know, the increasing trend of them offering early access. Um, it's, I don't think it's a great trend if, if I have to say so. I, I, I would, agree. I would like yeah. to see it dissipate um, to the point where it's like disappeared. Um, I like early access more of like in the Baldur's Gate fashion um, or, you know, indie games or anything like that. I know yeah, I know really they're positive. Yeah. It's super positive. And I know that's never going to roll into AAA titles ever. So, um, you know, I'm I love demos. I think that's a great thing to do besides early access. Um and letting me keep my save data to roll into when I want to buy the game. I like that mm, much better. Yeah. If I had to say, I don't want to buy the whole game for a few extra hours, but if you're going to drop me a demo four or five weeks early and I can play and get 10 hours and then the game drops four or five weeks later and my 10 hours rolls right into it, I like that a lot. And I would rather see that than this early access pay me full price and I'll give you two extra days. Um, I like it because the demo gives me um, and this is just totally my style because, you know, kids and family and everything. It's like it gives me right, that time. Right. Like if they give me a month of the demo before it launches, then I can pick away at that demo all the way up until previous of launch and still make my decision, you know. So uh, I could pick out, a, you know, a week, do like an hour a week or something, that kind of stuff, too if I wanted to, if I really yeah. dug it. And then I get a choice of like, oh, I'm really liking this game. It's worth it. And otherwise I'd be like, nah, you know, and in Starfield's case, I, that would have been a tough one. If they put out a demo of this game and was like, hey, check it out. I would have been like, oh, shit, I don't know if I want to buy this. You know what I mean? Like I would have been like, <laughs> I think I'll play it on Game Pass three days later. So um, I think that's kind of my take on it uh, overall, like encompassing of how I feel about early access. I think throw it out the door, keep me demos with uh, just the ability to roll my save into it and I don't lose anything. Yeah. Yeah, I think they need to add a little bit more content because $100 like early access good point. Thing also came with like a bunch of stuff. For just early access, I don't think it's good. I'm not paying for it unless yeah. it's something like I'm like a series I'm super passionate about and maybe in, all those super passionate Bethesda fans are out there just eating it up. And Hey, if it's worth it to you, like, especially if you're taking like a day off of work or something and you're playing ahead and you know, you're dropping that 25 hours in one weekend. It sounds like a better value when you put it that way. Right. Agreed fully. Yeah, for sure. But for most games, I'm like three hours in four is pushing my fatigue level. If I'm like, if I'm really, in, even if I'm really enjoying it. Uh, yeah. So for me, it's not as much. Um, and for me to play eight, you know, more than that, I gotta be like, it's gotta be Diablo or like Zelda or something I've been like yeah. engrossed in for most of my life. Yeah, for sure. Fully agree. Uh, all right, man. Well, Hey, thanks for the question. That's awesome. Um, keep those questions coming. Hit us up on the discord. Uh, we have a question of the week right in there. Uh, feel free to pop in and ask us anything you'd like, because we definitely love talking about it and talking to more of you guys on the show. It's awesome. 
and we have we have some more yeah. primed and ready for our next episodes as well so we'll be bringing them to you all right before we get out of here we got to rate these brews man we've had a chance to to sip on this one and uh see what we think about it we gotta put it in order with our other guys uh what what is your thoughts josh where you uh, where you at on you want me to to rate mine real quick yeah go for it all right so week four today that is my peach sherbet sour me Dewclaw. pretty tasty um probably not my number one to be honest with you uh but i'm gonna go with uh with number three on this one so that one's pretty good um number number two Four for me is probably going to be the one that was just juice, which was earlier in the week or in the month. Uh, <laughs> it was really good, but it really isn't like a it was a cider. It was a Del Camino pineapple uh, tapache cider. Really good by Ash and Elm Cider Company. But it was just straight like it just tasted like drinking juice, man. Like I just cracked open like a like an old pineapple can of juice. <laughs> just started drinking it. It was like three percent. So it really didn't hit me in like a, a beer way. Definitely wasn't bad, but. It's something probably more for mm. like super entry level. Um, and then uh, my number two, I'm going to have to go with uh, this would have been last week's, which was uh, this, the Wild Sour was a pink lemonade uh, from uh, Distill. Oh, yeah. It was pretty tasty. Uh, you know, nice entry level sour uh, with uh, mostly raspberry. So if you guys are interested in that, uh, check that one out. If it sounds tasty to nice. you. Nice. And then I think my number one, though, I'm going to have to go Urban Artifact, man. Those guys kill it for me. I love them. Uh, <laughs> Resh, Resh had a yeah. mango and passion fruit. It was an American fruit tart. Uh, it was a 7.5% alcohol volume on it. It was really great. Uh, it, feel, it, it was the one that felt like a Pilsner at, at just some points through the flavor. And oh, sure. So yeah. it really hits the beer notes, you know, in the back of the brain. We're like, ah, I'm drinking a beer, you know. Uh, but uh, but it was just sour. Uh and, and, and the tart was just much less. It just had that nice soury taste to it. So it was really, really tasty. So that, that'd be my rankings uh, for this month here. It's a good month. Real good month. None of them were failures at all this month. I was not disappointed in any of them. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, this Rheingeist uh, Berry Punch is probably my least favorite of the month. All right. It's all right. good. It's definitely for a lot of people. I don't have a sweet tooth when it comes to... My like my alcohol. Most, I was gonna say mostly <laughs> anything, all. right? You really don't have a sweet tooth mostly. <laughs> and there's some things I have an exception for, but yeah, lime skittles, right? Not. Lime skittles are a are a call out, right? Oh, uh, like yeah. Thank God they brought those back. <laughs> <laughs> the, the green apple was dog shit. I don't care who you are. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Don't fool me. Bring my yeah. lime back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew it probably wouldn't hit me like super hard, but I occasionally like to step out of my bounds. Um, on the off chance that I find something that's amazing and it's paid for sure. off for me in the past. This one was fine. Didn't pay off for me like, you know, kind of maybe hoped. But it's it's pretty good. Nice. Next in line for me would be uh, the Revolution Brewing Sun Crusher. Um, overall, pretty good. Um, again, a little bit out of my norm, but real solid. Nice. Uh, after that would be the, how is it, New Holland? I saw the cans here. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, New Holland, the Tangerine Space Machine, which okay. uh, I, I got for the name and because we're talking Starfield. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it was a good one. A good, a good name will get me almost every time. Uh, just to, it's, an, it's a hazy IPA. I fucking love hazy IPAs. And that one was pretty solid around. Nothing, nothing that blew my mind, but it was just, it was just good, man. Right on. Uh, if you're looking into IPAs, that, that one's not going to like 
just attack your tongue with hops. There you go. Entry um, level with some kind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, right it, and an easy win for this month. Hmm? Topped out the other beers pretty damn hard is the Sakatuck Brewing uh, Peanut Butter Porter. Oh, yeah, that's Dude, right. Blew me away. Like, I've tried several peanut butter porters just because that should and is a good combination or a dark beer and peanut butter should go together so well. And a lot of times they just, it's a great stout or it's a great porter. And at the very end, you get a little peanut vibe. Yeah. And that's all you get out of them. Hell and yeah. Like, or uh, in another experience where I went, we went to a brewery, had it, it was awesome, took it home in a growler and something about the carbonation must have brought it out because we drank it again. Super flat on the peanut butter notes, but oh, that's I'll a bummer. Yeah, yeah, I'll be damned if this didn't deliver heavy on the peanut butter vibes. It says smooth and creamy in the can, and it does not lie. It's not like like gross or anything, but it, it is heavier. But it goes so well with the dark, little bit sweetness of well roundedness of a porter, and then the peanut butter is ever prevalent the entire profile. Um, it's arguably stronger than the porter uh, portion of it, which usually I'm not as into, but it, it's such a good mix. Uh, the porter's pretty much just a really heavy backing to that peanut butter. Yeah, it's awesome. It so good, dude. I'm going to have to look that away. one up. I, I've never had a better peanut butter dark beer. Fuck yeah, sure. that's awesome. Yeah, I got to check that one out too, because it doesn't seem as heavy as a stout, which just you know, a porter's just not as heavy as a stout. It's just dark beer. And uh, yeah, it can depend. But yeah, it can. It can. But uh, that that one sounds awesome. I love I love peanut butter stuff for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. Find that one. Well, that's our rankings for the month, man. So you guys all know uh, what our beers are. Go check them out. Let us know if you've tried them. We like to talk beer over in the discord as well. We got a brew channel over there we talk about. So uh, yeah. Make sure to share your brews with us as well. We'll talk about them on the show. We always like to do that. So the more we get that kind of stuff, we want to bring them up on the con, uh, you know, always on the brew haha, some content for everybody to share a beer they've been trying and just tell us, hey, put this on the show, man. Everybody needs to try this one. That would be awesome. With that's, yeah. that's what the brew haha is about. It's about beer and good times, man. So, uh, and you know, we got to keep games going there too. We talk about games every episode. So. Absolutely. That's how yeah. it goes. <laughs> so uh, I mentioned we were going to talk about loudmouth before we get out of here. And I mentioned I also told you guys I would look up uh, the podcast before I leave. Uh, so it is the, it says the AIAS. So I don't know if that is an acronym or if it's just AIS. Game Makers Notebook is what it is called. Uh, so their newest episode has Todd Howard talking with one of the guys from Insomniac on there. So check it out. Uh, the AIS Game Makers Notebook. If that's, I think that's an acronym, but I couldn't tell you what it is. Um, so. Check it out if you guys are interested in uh, kind of the behind the scenes of game developing. It's kind of neat. Uh, I've only listened to that one particular episode so far, but it was pretty cool and it's very well done. Uh, but now nice. on, on to the loud mouse. I mean, I think you guys have got it already. We got a new logo. Uh, it's up there in the middle of the screen. You guys can probably see it like up in that side there. If you're watching on YouTube or Twitch, he is the loud mouth. Like he is our guy. He is his name is loud mouth. So we are now dubbed loud mouths as well. He's a pretty cool dude. He kind of looks like us up there. Uh, it's a, it's just a fun, <laughs> fun thing to put on the show. Uh, I'm proud of it. Uh, it turned out really well. I've been looking for something yeah, to dude. really like scream loud thumbs and just a loud mouth just fits. And uh, the thumbs are loud for gaming, but our mouths are loud for opinions. So it, that's just how it goes. And uh, yeah. 
I'm real proud of him, so I wanted to share that with everybody so they know who we're talking about and what we're talking about and why we are loudmouths here as well. It's all part of the family. And uh, we, we just, we love doing this. It's a lot of fun. Like I said, I had a real shitty day today and I still had to come and do a podcast because th this is just a good time for me and Josh. It's just, Hell yeah, dude. it's super dope. Uh, drinking beer, talking games, uh, and just, just growing the loud crowd out there. It's awesome. So uh, again, real quick before we take off, everybody out there, if you're new and you're still listening out there, hit the Discord up, join us over there. It's totally open, free to join. Uh, awesome people are on our Discord over there. And we just like to chat video games, man. We get into some heated discussions and we oh, have yeah. a good time. It's all done in an adult fashion. So everybody knows. Oh, yeah, it's all kosher. Toss your opinion out. Just have a good time discussing it. You know, no, nothing's too hot to bother with. It's a good time. So we're going to get out of here for today. Uh, I'm going to go take the lady out. We're going to go grab some grub and drink some more brew and uh, finish nice. the day off on a positive note. So. <laughs> <laughs> We got to do it. Yeah. And yeah. it's a Friday today. So we do the brouhaha's on Fridays. And uh, yeah, so we're going to start the weekend off right. I think, I think uh, Josh, I think the whole loud crowd, loud uh, thumbs family has a zoo trip tomorrow. So that's going to be a good time. We're all going to hang out at the yeah. zoo. So that'll be fun. For sure. And uh, we'll be back next week to talk about everything we've done since then. And we'll catch you up on the news. So tune in next week for some news edition of the Loud Thumbs podcast. And we'll be back then. But until then. Game on. Volume up. And stay loud.